Well, we have had a great week here at VBS. Raise your hand if you were involved in any way with VBS, whether that was bringing a meal or, um, or being a station leader or um, taking kids or going. That's a bunch. It's a bunch of us. Um, so we're so grateful, again, for all of those who made, um, who made this week happen. Um, and I know that VBS parents, you're going to be hearing those songs for the next 75 years. Um, <laughs> but at least they have good lyrics, right? Um, our scripture for today, we're continuing a series that we're doing on prayers in the Bible, some of the prayers that people prayed. Um, and we're going to pick up with a prayer by the Apostle Paul um, in the book of Ephesians. And um, for our VBS kids, um, they might find this scripture sounds a little bit familiar because it was one of their memory verses um, for the week. And it comes from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Hear the word of the Lord. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all of the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power at work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? O God, who is more than our minds can comprehend and yet makes yourself known to us, speak to us today, and may the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of each and every heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. My friend Casey tells a story about something that happened on a family vacation. It was more than they could bargain for, more than they can imagine. They were on one of these family trips where it was to the Grand Canyon and the national parks out west, kind of like the trip that Pastor Doug's family just got back from. Welcome back, by the way. Um, and, um, and here they were, and they were in Las Vegas for a day. Their parents hadn't necessarily thought about the fact that um, three teenagers in Las Vegas isn't necessarily the best place to spend the first day of the trip. Um, everywhere you go in Las Vegas, you accidentally walk through a casino. Um, and so here they were with slot machines everywhere, and their parents said, okay, we want you guys just stay in this arcade. And they said, well, I don't want to go to the arcade. It's babyish. I don't want to do this. So, but anyway, they went to the arcade. And there they were, the three uh, middle school and high schoolers, Casey and her two sisters. Um, they were in the arcade, and they decided to play skee-ball, maybe. Everybody loves a skee-ball. Or, or maybe that Womp the Crocodile game. You guys know, you know the one where you hit the crocodile? It's very violent. Um, and so they had played this game, and here they were, and they were expecting a modest amount of tickets to emerge from the ticket dispenser, as it does, right? And so there they came, their five tickets, and then another five tickets came, ten tickets, and then another five tickets, and ten more tickets, and twenty more tickets. 
the tickets kept coming and coming and coming. She said it was about 20 minutes that this machine kept dispensing tickets. There were 100 tickets, and then 200 tickets, and then 500 tickets. Um, she said it was wrapped around like this weird little ticket snake. And, um, and they said, what are we going to do with all these tickets? Casey and her sister started running around the arcade, just giving everybody 200 tickets. You get a ticket, and you get a ticket, and you get a ticket, so that everyone could buy not just the little finger trap, but like the huge prize, the big prize. She still remembers this story enough to excitedly tell it to me 20 years later about the time that they thought they were going to have five tickets, and they got so much more. More. Chris couldn't imagine more. There were 300 kids all packed in this room, sweaty, jumping up and down, having a dance party, kind of like our sanctuary was this week, a little bit. Chris had never seen anything like it, and he, he heard this music. It was incredible. There were electric guitars, and there were synths, and there was all sorts of cool stuff. And he, he was looking around. Where was the source of all of this music? Where was the music coming from? He said, he looked around, and he could not see any guitars, and he could not see any synths, and he, he didn't know where the drums were. And then all of a sudden, his vision went to this magical person, the DJ. Chris said, boom, there was a DJ, yeah. She had like a bunch of CDs and, you know, big headphones. And I'm like, what is happening right now? Chris, you see, was 10 years old at the time, and he lived in an orphanage in Syria. He had never seen a DJ. He had never heard this kind of incredible, incredible music. It was more than he could have ever imagined that they would be doing in an evening. And then all of a sudden, Chris had a vision. Chris was going to be a DJ. He was going to have the CDs. He was going to have the giant beats by Dr. Dre headphones. But Chris didn't have any parents. He was without a home for much of his life, first in the orphanage, then he lived on the streets in Damascus, Syria, and then in Beirut, Lebanon. And every time he would hear music, any music at all, he would imagine himself back in that room, but imagine himself in the space of the DJ with those headphones on, making that music. He could imagine something more. And nine years after that, Chris got what a lot of Syrian kids don't get. He got a visa to go to Canada to live. And so Chris was waiting on the jetway for this life that he could not even picture. And then he said, so in the last five minutes when I was waiting for the airplane, I said, man, what am I doing here? Why am I leaving my life? And then Chris said he heard a voice in his head. You were born for this. Or how are you going to stop right now? And then that vision of himself that he had had all those years said, how are you not going to become me? And then Chris stepped out onto the jetway to Canada to more. More. It's one of these words. Our bishop last Saturday at annual conference talked about how her grandchild um, wasn't even speaking a lot of words yet, but she knew that kind of baby sign language, you know, um, yes, no. And then she said that her grandchild had learned this word, more. Am I doing it right? More. We're people that want more, right? More music, more vacation, more sleep, more naps, more popcorn, more chocolate, more money. 
more years of life, more. And yet, I wonder if God has more, more than we can even imagine. I don't think I've ever read the book Oliver Twist, and I haven't even seen the movie Oliver, but somehow I have this, um, this, uh, this thing, this phrase that's just kind of in the zeitgeist that, that's like um, a little boy, a little boy with a bowl, um, putting it out and going, please, sir, can I have some more? You know? I think about this sometimes when I'm coming up for seconds on pizza or fried chicken, or sometimes even when I come up to the Lord's table at communion with my hands like this. Please, sir, can I have some more? More. Paul writes to the Ephesians about more. Not just the more that we think about, but the more that God has for us. He says there is more, more than we can ask for or imagine. And did you hear it? It doesn't just say more. There is far more. And it's not just far more. It is abundantly far more. Abundantly far more than anything we could ask or imagine. My imagination's pretty good. My asking is pretty good. And yet God has something bigger, something different, something completely unbelievable out there waiting for me, for you, for all of us, for this whole world. I wonder, um, uh, C.S. Lewis famously said, um, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. C.S. Lewis, after all, was a novelist and theologian who wrote um, books kind of about um, the modern condition. And he writes about how our our wanters have become a little bit malnourished. We want less than what God wants to give us. He said, we are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum, because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a vacation at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We are far too easily pleased. Maybe even with the more, with the more youth, with the more clothes, with the more shoes, with the more golf, with the more vacations, with the more cupcakes. But I wonder, what, what, what does it mean for God to give us more? More doesn't always mean numbers, more people, though it can. More doesn't always mean money, though it can mean that too. It doesn't, more doesn't always mean that things are easier. In fact, a lot of times, more means things can be harder, and it takes a lot of growing pains. More doesn't mean like when you have this shirt that fits you really well or fits your child really well, and so you think, I will buy seven of these shirts in every single color just in case they discontinue the shirt. More doesn't mean having replacements, Xerox copies of the new thing. God's more is something new, is something creative, is something that we can't even ask for or imagine. The prophet Isaiah says it like this. He says, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. More, far more, abundantly far more. One of our church members this week was, um, I, I was talking to him at the hospital, uh, and he, he said, can I talk philosophy with you a little bit? And I said, well, you can talk philosophy, and I'll listen. I can't guarantee you I'll understand anything. He was reading about the galaxies in the universe, how many there were, how many stars there are in the heavens that we can't even see every night. 
He says, can you imagine how God could know all of that? And I said, no, I can't. It's too much. It's too much more. I was at annual conference this past week, um, and I met a woman named Deborah. Um, she is a Methodist that worships at one of our sister churches in Apex. Um, and she told me about a Hispanic and Latino ministry that their church had that had grown into a church itself called Fiesta Cristiana. Um, she um, said, the interesting thing, I said, that's so neat to invite people from another country. And she said, oh, the interesting thing is that there are people from over 12 countries that go to Fiesta Cristiana. And she said, it's really interesting that all those little variants in language, all those little cultural differences can be very hard to navigate sometimes. Can you imagine the slang between us and Brits and Australians and maybe even Canadians, right? She said, there are people there from Mexico and El Salvador, Guatemala, Nicaragua, Honduras. And, um, and at first I thought, man, that sounds like a lot of problems in the making. But then I thought, how rich that must be, how much more God is giving them because of that. This past week, I read um, a, a post on Facebook that kind of broke my heart. And at first, it was one of these things that people put on the internet so that they can, I, I thought maybe it was one of these things that people uh, put on the internet so that they can feel better about themselves, right? Have you ever seen that? At least I didn't do that. Have you ever had that? Well, it was a man um, named Paul Rimmer who um, wrote about going to church at Evensong in a church in England uh, with his son Tristan. It broke my heart because I thought about, um, uh, Tristan is a nine-year-old child who came, and I thought about our nine-year-old children here. Um, and Tristan, Paul writes, is nine years old. He's a clever and joyful child who loves church buildings, church services, and choral music. He is also autistic and nonverbal. Tristan expresses his excitement by calling out and laughing. His expressions are often loud and uncontainable. It is part of who he is, so there is no realistic way for him to be quiet. But the heartbreaking part of the story is that um, Paul writes that Tristan was asked, he and Tristan were asked to leave by an usher um, because he was disturbing worship. And I thought about that after the initial, I'm glad I didn't do that. I felt a little bit of conviction because for all of us, isn't there, hasn't there ever been a moment where you saw a person not as a gift to be celebrated, but as a problem to be contained, right? The good news is that Paul's letter did not fall on deaf ears. Um, and the good news that sometimes happens on the internet, the canon of this, um, uh, that was responsible, the canon, the dean, the pastor, one of the British names for church, um, got back with him. And he said, he said this, sometimes we fail. And I realize that we especially failed you and Tristan on Sunday afternoon. I apologize for that most sincerely. And if that isn't more than you could ask for or imagine, like a genuine apology <laughs> in the 21st century, I don't know what is. He said, since hearing of your experience, I've looked into what happened. I now fully appreciate there is more than we can do to support and help the staff who are responsible for welcoming those who come to share our services. I've written to you asking if you would be prepared to meet with me. I'm sure your insights and connections could help us do better in the future. I imagine maybe there's something beautiful that God is making out of this to all those children with different abilities, to all of the folks who might not look like they belong in a church. After all, 
there's a concert, there's a performance, and then there's worship. And sometimes our worship is in words and beautiful music. Sometimes our worship is in ways that we can imagine. And sometimes our worship is uncontrollable. Sometimes it is too beautiful for words. Sometimes it is more than we can ask or we can imagine. I met a gal, Jeanette, a few years ago. Jeanette is a missionary to China. Um, and because she's a missionary and she's uh, fluent in Chinese and she can say more than just ni hao and zai jian, um, she gets to hear some really, really incredible stories, especially of Chinese Christians. Jeanette told this story once about um, a group of Christians in China um, who had come to believe more than they could ask or imagine. Um, there was a guy that came there, a missionary of sorts, but it turns out in the end that he was not, after all, teaching the actual Christian faith. He was sort of using a little bit of the Bible and a little bit of other stuff that implied that maybe he was kind of like Jesus and maybe should be given lots of extra money and perks. And, um, and the folks there, a lot of them maybe had not been college educated or even high school educated, maybe weren't even middle school educated. But as part of that, they started to learn um, to read so that they could read the Bible. And so they started reading the Bible for themselves. And as they read it, they said, hey, this isn't exactly what this guy is teaching us. This says something else. Can you imagine it? Yeah. And so then they said, I think that I believe this more than this guy. And so... In a leap of faith, they, without knowing that there was anyone else in the world that believed the Christian faith as it is written in the Bible, decided that they were going to live their lives according to what Jesus told them. And they said, well, maybe it's just us. And then as a pastor one day from one of the Christian churches in town, a Chinese pastor came and he shared with them, um, no, no, there are hundreds of us. There are thousands of us. There are two billion of us who are all together, who all share in the love of Christ. You are not alone. It was more than they could ask for. It was more than they could imagine. Friends, I feel like sometimes it's easy to think that, um, that God's grace is somehow limited, that maybe um, the power that God has, um, maybe we need to save it up. Maybe we need to hoard it. Maybe we need it to stick in our closet just in case the store stops carrying it. Maybe we need to um, uh, just keep it to ourselves. And yet, this is not the God that we worship. The God that we worship is great enough to make all the galaxies and small enough to cover, count the hairs on our heads. Scripture says how great is the love God has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. Lavished. How great is the riches that God gives to us. And so I wonder this week what more God has for us, what more God has for you. Um, maybe it's different than you could ask for or you could imagine. It probably will be. Um, what if the people and the situations that we saw as distractions or problems weren't that at all? What if they were part of the more that God wants to give us, God's people? What if we believed that God has riches of glory, that God strengthens us in our inner being with power through the Holy Spirit? What if we believed and acted like God is rooting us and grounding us in love? 
God's power through Christ, after all, is so large it cannot be contained. It surpasses knowledge. It is bigger. It is more mind-blowing. And I believe that we are called to treat it like my friend Casey did with those tickets, to take them out and to throw them out, to say, you get some grace, and you get some grace, and you get some grace, and there's always room for more. What God will you see this week? What will God show you? I invite you to pray, to put out your hands maybe this week, and to ask, please, Lord, can you give us some more? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.